1: Let's talk about sex real quick. Good sex. Top of the mountain sex. You know that sex when you and your partner come at the same time. (laughs) You know why it's the top of the mountain, why it's so great? Because it rarely happens. And that's because there's an orgasm gap. Women take a little bit longer to come than guys but there's an easy fix. And that's my sponsor, Promescence Delay Spray, which also now comes in a delay wipe. Now I know what you're saying. Oh my God, I don't need delay spray. I don't have a problem. But their delay spray is not just for guys with PE. It's for any guy that wants to last longer. It's for you and your partner. She's going to benefit you. Know? <laughs> and for your partner, you know what they got? Warming gel, which happens to be my fave. They also sell lube and condoms. They have a supplement that is for both men and women that will make you hornier. I use that too, and I love it. It's called Vitaflux. And today, just for listening to my show, you're going to get 15% off your first order. All you got to do is go to delayspray.com and use my promo code, StrictlyAnon15. That's Strictly Anon 15. Use it at delayspray.com for 15% off your order. Or just go into the description, click on the link, and 15% will be automatically applied at checkout. Your package is, of course, going to arrive discreetly, and Promessen backs up all their products with a 60-day money-back guarantee. Thanks, Promessen for sponsoring this episode.
0: Welcome to the Strictly Anonymous Podcast. Strictly Anonymous Podcast. Conversations with online.
1: If you want to follow the Strictly Anonymous podcast on Instagram or Twitter, it's easy. I am at Strict Anonymous on both Instagram and Twitter. I also have a YouTube account. That's a great place to go if you want to comment on the episodes and get in conversations and see what people think about the episodes. There's a whole bunch of things going on over, not a whole bunch of things, but like a lot of people talking about the episodes on YouTube, which I love. I'm always there. I try to talk back to everybody who leaves comments there. So if you want to give your two cents about an episode, go over to my YouTube channel, it's Strictly Anonymous Podcast. If you're listening to this podcast on a podcast app, make sure to subscribe to my show, follow me, whatever you could do on that podcast app. (laughs) If you want to be on the show, this is a call and advice show where people remain anonymous. It's called Strictly Anonymous because I change everybody's names. I had to actually change the last couple people in this guy's names because we, I had like three Stevens in a row I wanted to air. So, um. but I change everybody's names. I mean, uh, and I, uh, and this is called Strictly anonymous because I change everybody's voices. Everybody's voice is changed. Most of the time deeper, you're never going to know. I mean, you wouldn't believe what the real people sound like. It's totally different. They actually sound like chipmunks to me when I undo the pitch change (laughs) just to make sure it's there. Sometimes I undo it and then I'm like, oh my God, they sound so weird, regular, Uh, because I get so used to their regular sounding deep voice, but it's not their voice. It totally changes their voice. So if you want to, you know, come on and talk about a naughty secret life that you have, uh, and you want to make sure no one knows who you are, That this is the place to come because I change everyone's voice. That's a long-winded way of saying it. <laughs> anyway, you can, to be on the show, just email me, at gmail.com or go to my website. It's super easy, strictlyanonymouspodcast.com and click on be on the show. If you want to leave a confession, like a naughty confession or any kind of confession that you want to get off your back, you could call my confessions hotline. You could call that 247. The number is 347-420-3579. That's 347-420-3579. That number's in the description as well. You got four minutes to leave a, ma- a confession. You could call it 24 seven. If you need more time, just call back. I'm going to eventually start airing those confessions here as well, and your voice will be changed. So call there if you want. Uh, what else? Today, I have on a guy named Jason. Now, Jason has led a very interesting life. You know, he's sort of around. I mean, he, he does allude to the fact or not allude. He actually talks about the fact that he knows a bunch of celebrities and porn stars. And he's been there, done that everything. Okay. Uh, and he's very into sex. He talks about his early experiences with like a Mrs. Robinson's type woman. He was super young. I forget the exact age, but he was really young and she was way older. And, you know, she he had sex with her a lot and she taught him a lot. And uh, and then, you know, he talks about what he happened and what he got into when he was older. He's very into doming. He's into being a dom for couples, both men and women. He loves to dom for them we talk a lot we talk a little bit about that in the beginning and then at the end he goes really into how he doms couples what he does how much he charges cuz he does do this kind of on the side um and if you want to hook up with him cuz you're a couple looking for a dom he's down for that and he gives a shout out about all that that's towards the end but we get a little bit into his dommy experience we also talk about you know when it comes to couples what he looks for in a couples we talk about his first bisexual experience like how did he even figure out that he was kind of into guys and is he really into them? We go through that. Um, He does, like I said, know some celebrities and porn actors and actresses and he does talk about the things that he's done and the situations he's gotten into because of where he lives and what he does you know he's gone to swingers clubs and swingers house parties with like the hottest people he got into golden showers he did you know a three couple orgy he did mile high stuff with flight attendants like he's another guy that would just like bump into girls that just want to fuck him you know (laughs) and then uh You know, he and he goes into all those stories, like I said, the house parties and and he does think that he has a little bit of a sexual addiction and it can kind of get a little dark, but he loves sex. He's here to talk about it. He loves being a dom. He talks about that again, like I said, towards the end. And uh, that's what we do. That's what he talks about. I said that like 10 times. Oh, um, he did send me in a picture, okay? And uh, somebody recently was like, why don't we see the pictures of the guys? You know, you're only just like doing anonymous pics of your female guests on Patreon. But I, so I am starting to get anonymous pics from my male guests as well. He sent me a pic. I have his pic on my Patreon page. It's anonymous. Uh, if you want to see what Jason looks like, go to my Patreon page. Subscribe, it's only $5 a month. You see anonymous pics of my guests. You get all my episodes ad-free. You get them early. Uh, and you see all the anonymous pics, like I said. And it's only $5 a month that you can cancel anytime. So it's sort of like, why not? It's patreon.com slash Podcast. if you want to see a pic of Jason. If not, sit back, relax. And I'm going to be right back on with Jason. This is the
0: Strictly Anonymous Podcast.
1: Hi, Jason. Welcome to the Strictly Anonymous podcast. How are you doing today?
2: (laughs) I'm doing fine, Kathy. Thanks for having me.
1: I think you have a very interesting past. You've kind of been there, done that, a lot of things. Something that stuck out in your email to me was like the golden showers thing because I, don't, I haven't had a lot of that on my show. But, you know, that's not everything. I mean, you've, like I said, been there, done that. Why don't you start off explaining, you know, your story?
2: Okay, I'd like to. Okay. Um, I started very young. My experiences with sex and women, um, I think the first thing that I remember is walking in on my parents having sex and both my parents were good looking people, you know, very attractive and I wasn't sure what was going on, but, you know, more and more I started to put the pieces together when I discovered Playboy and Penthouse Mm -hmm. and um, it just kind of grew from there and uh, I started getting into, you know, certain experiences with people my own age, but it wasn't quite as satisfying, so I had a Mrs. Robinson experience. How you old know, were where,
1: you when you had the Mrs. Robinson? Like, what was that age range? What was her age, and what was your age?
2: Her age range was in her, like, early 30s, uh-huh. and I was 15. Okay. So she taught me a lot because... Uh, Most guys at that young age, all they're into is, you know, just getting the experience and getting it over with. You know, it's wham, bam, thank you, man. Mm -hmm. She wouldn't allow me to do that. She actually started teaching me how to really pay attention to a woman's needs and actually have a reader. Um, She taught me a lot about doing oral on them. And uh, it was amazing. I mean, it kind of spoiled me. Can
1: I just ask you a quick question? Because I know that you have a lot to tell me, but real quick, how does a fifteen-year-old wind up having sex with a thirty-year-old? Like, what did you know her from the neighborhood? Was she your babysitter? Like, how do you, how do you guys hook up?
2: I knew her from the neighborhood. Okay. And I think that you know I've always been really good at understanding people and uh-huh. And she used to make all kind of flirtatious comments to me, and. One day it just kind of led into her. She was dressed very provocatively, and you know, here I am, this young kid with a heart on that's just fucking reaching the fucking sun. Mm -hmm. um, She noticed, and she actually invited me in. And before you know it, we were messing around. And uh, then she just took me under her wing and actually started teaching me a lot. Okay. We We had an ongoing thing for probably. I'd say probably a year and a half to two years.
1: Oh, wow. Okay. Now, I know that you did say that you were married for a very long time and you're, you know, you're divorced now, but did a lot of the stuff that you did go down while you were married and did it happen with your wife or was it happening behind her, your wife's back? Like,
2: well, at first, I mean, it was a very good marriage. Mm -hmm. I mean, oh, there was nothing going on behind her back for the longest time. Yeah. And I mean, I wanted to have that monogamous relationship, but as time went on, I think she got complacent and uh, the communication factors were dying. And I think that, you know, we just kind of lost touch with it. And then the whole thing about, you know, the needs, you know, you have these desires and needs and I acted out on them, even though I regret it. But, you know, it had to come out because I finally realized I was definitely addicted to sex, but I was just able to function with it. Mm-hmm. And why do you say you were
1: addicted to it? When did you start to
2: really think that? Oh, oh I, mean, I-, I realized. I mean, I could be out somewhere, and if I seen a really good looking female, you know how they talk about turning your head, you know, and really yeah. looking. I started visualizing, you know, what they would be like, mm-hmm. and realizing how much I desired them, and I'm into all the senses, you know, I'm I'm into the looks, I'm into the sounds, the smells, the taste, you name it. I'm completely there. Right. And um, I've had the fortune of working in an in industry where I traveled a lot and I was able to, you know, arrange certain meetings with certain females. And it became really easy. And, you know, even though I know deep down it was wrong. Um, it just had to happen I guess
1: But let me ask you this because you mentioned like oh you know uh, I was dominating couples you were into BDSM you were had some bisexual experiences the golden showers thing that you mentioned as well like did all of this take place while you were married after things shifted and you weren't getting your needs met at home did you start doing all of this stuff behind your wife's back is that what happened um
2: not all of it. I mean, I would say mildly, you know, the affairs, that was pretty much what was going on until we divorced. Yeah. And after we divorced, then I started getting into other experiences. And
1: oh, okay. Mm-hmm.
2: started realizing that, you know, there's, um, and just like the doming and being a master for couples and stuff, um, I'm very alpha male. Mm-hmm. And I'm very dominant in that sense. Um, but I'm very choosy about who I'll work with or who I'll actually have these experiences with and I'm not having the experience just to have my own satisfactions met I actually look at their needs too mm-hmm. I, I don't do something that's really against their real desire um, I also you know like I have them do an essay before I'll even take them on as clients to kind of give me a background story mm-hmm. understand why they want to be dominated and a lot of times I use humiliation as the obedience tool. And I think that works well. Um, but I've always had couples and, you know, solos come back and always tell me that they were very glad that they had that experience. And it makes me feel pretty good to know that.
1: Where do you meet these couples? Like, are you on Life or something as a dom?
2: I was on Life And uh-huh. I'm on some other sites too that, you know, I just, Happened to meet people and then sometimes word of mouth got out, you know, to other couples that were kind of open about their relationships. And I would have people contact me and ask me if that was something that I would consider with them. And I, you know, some of them, yes, some of them, no.
1: What what I, would make what about a couple would make you f- say no?
2: Well, I would really pay close attention to either one of the couples. To find out whether one's really into it one's not into it they're just being forced into it
1: oh okay uh-huh.
2: and if they're being forced into it i'm sorry it's just not gonna work
1: yeah you know? no for sure uh-huh
2: and i want them to get something out of it uh-huh. if, if anything i know this sounds weird but you know even though i'm getting my pleasure i want to make sure that they have a very fulfilling you know sex life or they have a very fulfilling relationship with each other right so I mean I have safe words that I use you know I do not sit there and you know I won't do something that is against their comforts you know
1: did you ever play with um like did it start off when you were doming like playing with you know women or just men because I know that you have had bisexual experience or or was it always that you wanted it to be with a couple
2: Um, actually, no, it started out, I had a bisexual experience long before I started doing the Dami. Um, I was at a party, uh, it was for a friend of mine and he had a, he had a friend from another social circle that was there and we didn't really know each other, but he was, you know, the kind of guy I wanted to talk and we had all been drinking a little too much that night. And I remember him and I were the only two i guess you could say standing uh everybody else has passed out and he kept he made a reference to being horny and he asked me if i'd ever thought about it was and this a I, sex
1: party or just
2: a regular party no just a regular party
1: oh okay just cool a uh-huh.
2: regular party sex party yeah and uh he just you know he said something about man he said i'm freaking horny and he asked me, he said, what my orientation was. And I just told him, I said, no, I said, I'm, I'm pretty much straight. Yeah. And he said, uh, man, he said, a mouth is a mouth. <laughs> I <started. laughs> All right. uh-huh. And I said, well, yeah, but there's technique that goes behind it too. And he says, well, let me prove myself. And I'm thinking, man, I'm drunk as hell anyway. So it's like, uh, why not? So he's actually down there doing it. And that was actually enjoyable. And that kind of piqued my interest a little more. You know, we both took turns on each other. And uh, I actually kind of enjoyed it, even though I do enjoy women more. You know, it was an experience that wasn't too bad.
1: Yeah, that's interesting. Did you ever realize that maybe you were slightly attracted to men? Or was this totally like, wow, I would have had no idea?
2: Well, I'm art- okay, let me kind of take you into an area that I am. I'm very artistic and creative in a lot of ways. Uh-huh. And I think I've always felt the human body was beautiful, you know, no matter what sex. Yeah. Uh, but I never really had sexual desires.
1: Okay. It. You always felt like you could appreciate the body of a man, right? But you never had that desire. And then you were surprised that you enjoyed it.
2: Yeah, I was. I mean, it was like, uh, you know, had I not been under the influence of alcohol, which I'm not a big drinker anyway. so Yeah. You know, it doesn't probably take much to get me there, and uh, it was just one of those moments where I was surprised at myself, right? You know, but it was—I uh, didn't regret it.
1: Mm-hmm. You know, do you feel like your orientation changed? Did you have more experiences than that one?
2: Yeah, I had more experiences than that one. Mm-hmm. I mean, I went on to do a little bit of you know bisexual uh, experiences with you know different people that. I got to know, and I knew they were into that. Uh-huh. Uh, I have to be, you know, like I said, I'm very much, I can't just walk out of the closet and say, here I am. I know it sounds weird, but because of what I do in life and business and stuff like that, I just, you know, I have to be very careful about my my lifestyle.
1: Oh, okay, because maybe you're in the public eye in, within your field or something. Like, people would know you, or you, you just can't be totally Absolutely. out there. Absolutely. Uh-huh. So, So that's all under wraps. But when you were on like, well, I don't want to go there because that could maybe give you away. So these, so these, so you never came out as anything, but this was stuff that you did on the DL.
2: Yeah. Uh Yeah. Yeah. And I had some really great experiences. You know, um, I seem to attract a lot of younger people, um, which is really interesting. Why do you think? Um, I don't know. I don't look at myself the way other people look at me. I guess, but you know, they always say attractive, handsome, and, you know, yeah, that's I'm what not, I was
1: going to say. Are you hot? Like, I mean, you know, like I don't know. Well,
2: i have considered that according to some women that I've been with. Uh huh. I, mean, I don't really buy into it. Yeah. Uh, but I will say that you know I do keep myself in good shape, and I have a regimen that I go through. Hmm. Uh, I'm in my 60s, mm-hmm. and. I look like I'm probably in my, late 40s, early 50s, according to people that guess my age.
1: Yeah. So,
2: but, yeah, I've had a lot of 20-some-year-olds that have been attracted to me, both female and male. And I've had, you know, 30, 40, you know, whatever, through the, you know, the different age ranges. But um, I just, you know, I've never had a one-night stand. That's the interesting thing. What it's do you, never,
1: oh, really? So you, it's never been a one-time deal with someone? You kind of spend yeah. that time and then you get to know them and you want to see them again? Yeah. Well, okay.
2: I mean, I've had experiences, you know, where I've had long-term, you know, where if I wanted to, I could do booty calls, you know, like yeah. going and calling somebody and saying, hey, I'm coming over or you want to come over or whatever. Yeah. Um, but I'm not somebody that abuses people. You know, Mm
3: -hmm.
2: I tell tell people up front what I'm looking for, and I've had a few that got emotionally attached and wanted to, you know, it's like (laughs) fall in love real quick, and I just said I couldn't do it.
1: Hey, guys, want to get erect and stay erect and arouse yourself and your girl all at the same time? Well, then you need to get yourself a Tenuto by Mystery Vibe. It is the only wearable vibrator designed for men with her in mind. And that's because while you're wearing it, it's not only going to vibe you up in all the right places. It's going to vibrate her clit like no other vibrator out there on the market. Tenuto is flexible and it's the first vibrator that is going to totally adapt to you for a comfortable fit, no matter what your size. There are eight preset vibes, 16 intensities, and just like everything else nowadays, there's an app that goes with it. So you can customize your whole experience. The Tenuto is also perfect for mind-blowing solo play. Do you want a hands-free orgasm? Well, then get yourself a Tenuto. Go to mysteryvibe.com right now. And get 15% off Tanudo with an extra 15% using my code strictly 15 That's mysteryvibe.com. Use my code strictly 15 Or just go to the description, click on the link, and 15% is going to be automatically applied at checkout. Your package is going to arrive discreetly. And there's a two-year warranty on every order. Thanks, Mystery Vibe, for sponsoring my show. So you try to be straight up. I think the thing with booty calls, because I've had very successful ones and not so successful ones, I think the key is, and I've had a lot of guys on here or and guy friends that'll be like yeah I'm just fucking this girl now she's copping feelings and what a psycho and blah blah I'm like well then stop hanging out with her outside of the bedroom okay if you want a booty call just fucking leave like you could be friends you know what I mean on a certain level but when you're doing like boyfriend girlfriend experience on top of it and I think that's sometimes what happens and you know sleeping over and spending the day and cuddling and then you're like oh but don't like me I'm like well then stop acting like their fucking boyfriend you know just exactly. hit it and quit it that's what I would do at my booty call That were successful You know what I mean It was kind of like A service call You know
2: Well yeah I mean that's the thing Yeah I personally personally agree With you totally on that Yeah You can't sit there And lead them on To make them feel Like it's a relationship Being built Right You know You have to be honest With them Mm -hmm. Let them know That you know Hey look You know I think you're great I think you're hot You know And I'm definitely Sexually attracted to you Yeah But I'm just not ready For a relationship yet you know, and if I ever am and you're the person I'm interested in, I'll, I'll let you know, <laughs> you know, right. So, I mean, it, it's, it's a tough, it's tough waters to navigate sometime, but I'm really good at reading body language.
3: Mm-hmm.
2: Uh, I can walk into a place and I can usually 99.2% of the time figure out which one would be interested and how to approach it. Right. You know, because. We're not kids, okay? Yeah, that's the thing. There is a big difference between somebody that's a little more mature versus young, you know. Because
1: we learned, uh, we've learned, we were in our twenties yeah, and thirties, yeah. and you know that's been, yeah, you've been through yeah. it.
2: Yeah, it's a learning curve. Everything's For sure. a learning curve. Yeah. So I've always sat there and found it interesting that when you walk up to somebody, everybody's afraid to approach the most beautiful girl in the room. She's mm-hmm. the be- she's the best mark of all of them. because be- truth is, She doesn't get approached as much as you think
1: 100% that's what that is the truth, right? Because every yeah. guy is thinking that same thing
2: She's too hot for me. That's yeah. the problem.
1: and let me tell you something it works the same way with good-looking guys
2: oh, I was exactly. always
1: a very aggressive girl and I would just go up to any guy that I liked and like because I was like more forward that way, you know And I would get really hot guys and they would be like no girl ever hits on me, you know, because they think they're out of their league It's the same scenario
2: Oh, exactly Mm -hmm. And buddy, if you, if you ever approached me, I would probably be putty.
1: Ah, (laughs) Right.
2: But anyways, uh, no, you're right. It's, they have a lot more going than just their looks. I mean, I've actually witnessed, as a matter of fact, I can't name off the names, but I know some pretty well-known celebrities and Uh people, and I've been involved with celebrities, Mm -hmm. and I've also been involved with some porn actresses, and the thing about it is, is Half the stuff that we watch and see is damaging to somebody's uh, map to sexual wellness.
1: What do you, do you know? mean by that? Explain.
2: Well, it's like porn, for example. Mm-hmm. I, I've talked to numerous porn actors and actresses. Yeah. And, and we've all talked, very frankly, about the sexual side of things. Mm-hmm. It, it's nothing more than a freaking fantasy. You know, it's just a fantasy because. Half the girls, if you ask them, you know, it's like these guys who are afraid to say, well, you know, I wish my cock was bigger, or, you know, whatever. I'm afraid that, you know, this is going to make the girl not want me because she's seen these porn, you know, videos and stuff like that. The truth of the matter is most women don't really want a large cock anyhow. Right. They want an average. They don't want to be beat up on the inside to where they hurt, you know. (laughs) Yeah. And it's also, you know, the porn guys that are like, I have one that's 15 inches. He's the biggest I've ever seen in my life. Uh huh. And he even said he wishes he was average. Right. He has he has a very hard time hooking up with women.
1: Now, are you so, hooking up with these that that guy? Like that guy? Is he just a friend of yours? Someone that you know? Is he somebody that you you know is a sub to you in a couple situation? Or like, how do these people come into play in your sex life?
2: Well, his came his came into my life through, you know, doing uh, photography. Okay. And then we got to know each other. Uh, we did hook up a few times.
1: <laughs> okay. <laughs>
2: but he's, you know, he is huge. And I told him one day, I said, you know, I said, I can honestly tell you, I would not want to be you. Right. I, personally. And he says, trust me. He says, I've known that my whole life. He says, I have a hard time, you know, hooking up with women. And I have a female porn star that I'm really good friends with. Mm-hmm. And she said the same thing. She said, if I was to poll every girl that I've worked with in the porn industry, yeah, um, they would tell you, just because you see it's with Big cocks on fucking screen, she said, we don't want those. Right. We want because we want to be able to enjoy it, not feel pain. Mm hmm. So and just like women, you know, it's like I personally don't judge a woman by her boobs, right. even though boobs are nice. I don't it doesn't matter whether they're small, medium, large, whatever. I typically say that it's more what's between the ears.
1: Right. Mm-hmm.
3: Me
2: on.
1: Yeah, I think a lot of women tend, because I always had a lot of guy friends, so I always kind of knew what guys were into, but I, oh, I had a lot of girlfriends that didn't have guy friends, so they had no fucking clue, you know, and they'd always be so petrified that they were like too heavy or their ass was too big. This was before the Kardashians, and I was always like, you don't <laughs> get it, okay? Guys like that better than my little ass, like seriously, like, you know, it it's really like the ratio, you know, you're a visual person, It was it's like the yeah. ratio, and it's all also, I think you know, sexiness is always like something that comes inside. Like you know, it's something that you sort of exude. It's an energy. It's a vibe. It's the whole package. You know, and I
2: think it's a, I think it's more of the confidence. Yeah, mm-hmm. you know, because I think if somebody is actually you know okay with their own body type, yeah, and they they display confidence, yes, the rest of it the rest of it comes out naturally.
1: Yeah, totally. And then that's what's hot is thinking that you're hot, feeling hot, you know, projecting oh, that- hotness
2: exactly yeah for sure but That's let's get back I, to your like, store your stories I feel like' well, we're let, putting on I will but let me pause for a second and yeah. say something not, yeah. not pause not, not to pause the recording or yeah anything, yeah 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 but I just want to let you know I think that what you do with your podcast is just incredible
1: oh well, thank and you I
2: think that you know when I've looked through the different podcasts I would have to say your platform is probably one of the best I've seen oh
1: so, really yes. Because I've got the real people on, nobody else does that. I mean, just I don't know.
2: Exactly. You have the real people on Mm -hmm. and you're also, even though you're not a professional. Yeah. You've got life experiences. Yeah. And those life experiences make it even so much more interesting. Yeah. So I think you're awesome.
1: Thank you. And I obviously do this just because I like to do it and I love people. I could just sit down and talk to anybody on the street and find them interesting. I'm just a people person that way that You know, I obviously do this because I enjoy it and it's fun for me and I'm, and it, you know, I'm glad that people dig it. And I think that's why people tell me their stuff, you know, and I think that's why it all
2: works. I think you're a great interviewer too, you know, because you are easy to talk to. Right. Uh, The other thing I love about you is the fact that I know you're hot as hell. (laughs) I mean, I can tell you you that right now. Right. Just, Just from what I've seen.
1: Oh, and, on YouTube. My torso? Yeah, on YouTube. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, on YouTube. yeah, yeah.
2: It's like, come on, bring the camera a little up higher. I wanna see this. Yeah, I see that. right.
1: Yeah. It, does, <laughs> it kinda works though for me being anonymous too. You know, there's something about not knowing what I look like, not knowing what my people look like. I feel like there's a fantasy or there's a something that well, someone whatever. could put to it and all of it works
2: somehow. If I go back to New York, I swear to God. I'd love to take you out to dinner.
1: <laughs> but I would never do that because oh. no one could know who I am. Nobody knows. And I love it that way. I would play that card like maybe if there was like a lot of money in it. But like for the but for now, because it works so much, it's like I just don't out myself, you know?
2: Uh. I understand that. I was just sitting there letting you know that I think you're that attractive.
1: Okay, well, thanks. But anyway, <laughs> let's get back to your stories, though, because I feel uh-huh. like I could probably talk bigger picture with you because you're interesting that way, you know. But I want to get back to all these crazy stories. Now, you have dated well, a lot of okay. celebrities, you said, and porn stars. Like, could you name any names? I have to no, just ask that question, but that, that's cool. That I
2: can't- that I can't because it's not really something that I have their permission to do.
1: Right. Of course. Uh-huh.
2: Furthermore, furthermore, you know, we're still friends and I don't want to betray our friendship.
1: Right. How long have you been divorced and how long have you been playing and have you been in any serious relationships? And I'm assuming when you are in relationships, do you have open ones? Like, do you have you played with partners?
2: Um, I've been divorced now for probably about seven years. Okay. I have played with different people that were... Are you talking about from my circle or what? From the marriage?
1: Yeah, I'm talking about like since you've been, you know since you're not married, you're out there, right? Doing all this stuff. You're a right. dom, you're hooking up with couples, you're, you know, bisexual, you're having experiences, you're having relationships though too. At some point you say that, you know, so I'm, I'm assuming you've had relationships. I'm wondering that, and you said you're very honest that if you have had a relationship since you've been divorced, has a, do you only have open relationships? Like what do you set up for in your personal life now?
2: I tried a relationship, but I didn't think it would work because right. she was much younger than me. Mm-hmm. And I do feel that, you know, even though she's attracted to me now and everything's great, I just know that deep down inside um, that it's going to fall apart. Because as the older I get, unless she's a gold digger and she's looking for a prenup and all that stuff to where she can make out on it. um I don't see that kind of relationship working right you know because they want kids yet i don't want more kids
3: right Mm -hmm.
2: they are going to experience things that we've already experienced right and they're going to want to try more and after a while it's just going to fall apart it's no longer a really good relationship so i try to tend to not be in a relationship
1: Right. Okay. So, but so in the seven years, all this playing that you're, you've you done, you do it totally open. You're open to everybody that you meet. I mean, you're not open in your personal, in your public life, right? But you're open with everybody across the board.
2: Yeah. A personal life with yep. people that I'm involved with. Yes. Mm-hmm. Right. Okay, cool. So now golden
1: showers, where do those come into play?
2: <laughs> that was funny. That happened out in LA. Um, I had a girl that was very, um, She was just very open. She's very kinky in a lot of ways. Mm -hmm. I remember she wanted to come in to the shower with me. And so she came into the shower and we were making out in the shower. Next thing I know is she wanted me to, you know, kind of sit down. Mm -hmm. So I sat down as the water's running and she just put herself above me and she pulled back and started spraying me. And with a bean. You know, in the moment, that was the first time I'd ever had it done, and it felt incredible. Right, it was a it was a great feeling. Have you ever had one?
1: No. Where were they? Pee- Where was she peeing on you? No, but my friend once told me a story. He was like, oh, you know, he was like having sex with this girl all the time, and she. He said that she liked to like sit on the toilet and spread like her lips apart, and he would like oh, pee she- on her clit. And I'm like, oh, like some part of me was like, I could kind of see how that could be hot. You know, I mean, like it's a warm thing, like, you know, it it's would be a- like a vibration, you know, like, I I don't know For I, I remember thinking like, oh, that's kind of hot, uh, you know, um, and sort of understanding it. But I've never experienced anything like that. So I'm like wondering, where was she peeing on you?
2: Well, she was peeing down my chest, right. down to my down to my genitals. Mm-hmm. And she, as soon as she got through peeing, then she took my cock and slid it inside her and started fucking me and right we just kept going we didn't stop
1: Mm -hmm.
2: pretty hot if i say so myself
1: right so you're like always just like open and down like you'll go with things
2: i'm open to a lot of things
1: Mm -hmm.
2: there's not much that i'm not open to right but you know i do tend to you know i'm very safe very cautious very health conscious yeah you know that's a big thing too um Mm -hmm.
1: I always say like, I'm sorry, but like, cause I was always a hypochondriac and like my favorite booty call was also a hypochondriac. So like he was so down for condoms, you know, cause most people aren't. And I'm like, it's the hypochondriacs you want to hook up with. Cause they're going to fucking be condoming up. Like, you know what I mean? Like th- that's, that's like the deaf, that's the person that's wearing the condoms. Cause most people don't, as so many people don't, I ask that question a lot on my show, but like, like I said, my favorite booty call was an, a for- another hypochondriac. And he was like, Oh yeah. Like it was always the condom there was never that issue you know
2: i was a type that always asked them you know up front, and i would always wear condoms you know if it was a first time experience yeah i always wore condoms you know i never never went bareback and um then they would have to prove to me that they've actually been tested right you know mm-hmm. before. comfortable right and so i would do the same you know i would have a test with the date and everything so they could see that i'm being you know upfront with them and I just you know I don't want to get a disease, so I'm very cautious that way,
1: yeah, which is but like the weird thing is is a lot of people aren't, so you know that's right, uh, right? i mean it's it's uh it's a it's a lot I would say the majority of people aren't now, did you ever do like sex parties swinging swingers oh, clubs yeah. that stuff I'm assuming, yeah,
2: oh yeah, I've done pretty much everything you can think of to be honest with you um I actually i remember. My very first threesome was with a girlfriend and her friend. And it was her idea. Mm -hmm. And it wasn't a good experience the first time. Really? No, no. Because uh, my girlfriend got jealous. And it destroyed her friendship with her friend. And then her friend and I hooked up outside of the threesome. Because the relationship was over. We broke up. Yeah. And it just got ugly. Oh, yeah. A lot of threats, a lot of anger. I can and, imagine. Yeah. So, I mean, I just kind of cooled it with that for a while. And then I went to a, uh, I was invited to a swingers club and I went there and I connected with several women that were there with their husbands and they invited me, invited me to what they call a house party. Mm-hmm. And I remember going to the house party, the host was the lady that I had met at the swingers club. And she asked me if I wanted to go to heaven or hell. (laughs) I (laughs) looked at her kind of (laughs) funny. Yeah. I said, Well, I guess I'm going to hell, but I think I'd rather see heaven. And so she grabbed my hand, took me upstairs. And we went into this I mean, they had the whole house set up for a second party. And went into the bedroom, which was their master bedroom. And there was like three other couples already there. And it ended up being more than a threesome. It was more like an orgy.
3: Right. Mm-hmm.
2: But I find it kind of in- interesting, though, in the swinging world. Um, if two guys are bi, they cannot express it in most of these circles.
1: Yeah, I've heard that's, that a lot. Uh huh.
2: Yeah, that's kind of weird because I know there's bi guys there. Totally. They just can't do anything because it's frowned upon in that circle.
1: Yeah, isn't that interesting? I'm surprised it hasn't come around yet. There is still a little bit that's, it's still not, you know, uh, as accepted as, you know, girl on girl action for some reason. You know, my friend will sit there the other day. is trying to tell me it's because, like, it's just not natural for men, but it is for women. I'm like, I, I don't, show me uh, a fucking scientific study that tells you that.
2: I don't agree with that. No, it's
1: it's just because of society. <laughs> uh, you, we, I can remember the, the time period where that just became acceptable and cool and hot and every girl's having like a girl crush. You know, eventually that'll happen with the guy thing and it'll be totally. And then all these guys that I talk to that are fucking guys behind their wives backs so will be like, yeah, me too. You know what I'm saying? Like nobody's <laughs> it's just, just people aren't copping to it because it's just not acceptable yet. Yeah, I,
3: yeah,
2: I agree. That's it. I mean. I had, I think, one of the neatest experiences that I had with uh, another male with female. Yeah, was a flight that I was taking back out to L.A. And, oh, uh, this
1: is the mile high story. Yeah,
2: yeah. Mm-hmm. So I'm sitting there, and there's a certain flight attendant. I kept noticing her looking back at me. Mm-hmm. She would be up towards the front of the plane. She'd look back, and then. I'd catch her smiling every so often and she walked back and she was going back to the service area, you know, where you have the restrooms. Yeah. And she's walking back and she looks at me and she says, so are you having a good flight? And I said, yeah. I said, I'm having a great flight. I said, the view is incredible. Oh, my God. I, I How does this the,
1: shit happen to you?
2: I I didn't think about it. Yeah. Well, that was by accident when I said the view is beautiful. I mean, it could have meant I was looking out the window.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I you mean, know? you could tell that she's like checking you out. to I mean, it sounds kind of like a porn. You know what I mean? Well, that's like, it's, every it's, guy's no, fantasy.
2: Yeah. But the thing is, is if, if guys would do this on a regular basis, they would start to hone in on how to read a woman's body right. language.
1: Right. You've
3: mentioned I mean, that. Yeah. that uh-huh. is
2: that is important, uh-huh. you know, because I, you know, over the years, I've really paid close attention to people's body language, uh, the way they talk, yeah, express the way they curl their hair and look at you or, you know, but the thing about it is, is when you approach them, you have to be just totally genuine, not a fucking pickup line. Right. Girls get that all the time. And I also found it interesting that girls like to have a guy disagree with them from time to time, not in a bad way, you know, but in a way that challenges them. Right. And I think they find that kind of interesting that somebody has their own mind that they're just not going to sit there and agree with everything that, you know, they say.
1: Yeah. Mm-hmm.
2: And I think that's just pretty much human nature, period. Um,
1: so this but, flight attendant, you're reading her, but I mean, it's like, I'm just saying that the fact that she's like getting horny for you, you know, while she's working, <laughs>
3: you know. Trust
2: me, I have no idea why anybody gets horny for me. All uh-huh, right, know? okay. I'm not really, like I said, I'm not one of those ego people. Mm -hmm. I'm narcissistic. I don't, you know, believe in myself as being the, you know, the best looking guy out there or whatever. But I think it's the way you approach things. And it's, they sense these things. It's almost like you guys, as women, you have this thick sense that, you know, has bullshit radar. You know, you have your radar to be cautious i mean there's all kind of signs
1: yeah yeah for sure well but this girl you just kind of say oh i'm enjoying my view and then what yeah.
2: happens well she goes back and she's taking care of her business first and then she comes back up and she starts asking me questions about where i'm from and stuff like that where i'm going yada yada yada, yada. the same old normal conversations you would have yeah then i asked her the same and she was talking to me a little bit and Next thing I know, I got up to go back and she gave me this look and I just looked at her and I smiled and I said, if I didn't know any better, I would think that there's something going on here. That's all I said. Yeah. And the next thing I know, she opens this one door to the, this other restroom and we go in and we start going at it. And after that, we hooked up at the hotel when she had to lay over.
1: Is this a commercial yes. flight?
2: Yeah. Commercial wow. flight. Yeah. Wow. And she invited one of the crew from the cockpit, you know, back to her place. And we ended up having a threesome with her.
1: And is so. the crew a guy or an, a, another girl or a guy?
2: Another guy. Another guy. Right.
1: Because I thought, I remember you saying it was an,
2: a guy. Yeah. So
1: wait, so she brings another guy back. Yeah. And, and you guys all have a threesome.
2: Yeah, and he's bisexual as well. So we just—it was a free for all. Wow, that is like a porn, don't you think? (laughs) Yeah, but the funny thing is, we stayed in touch. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I've never, as a matter of fact, I still know this flight attendant to this day, and I can call her anytime I'm in the area. If she's on a flight, sometimes she sends me a message, and we'll meet up. Yeah. yeah. So I try to, like I said, you know, read it right. I don't want to make a mistake and. Do something that's going to be viewed as me being too aggressive. Mm-hmm. That's just not me. You know, it's there's got to be something. You're not a that,
1: predator. Like you're no you're, right. No, you want no, consensual no. kind I mean, of SCX, and that it, stuff goes down. These kinds of things it, can happen.
2: Yeah, exactly. And just, that's why you you really have to read people well. Right. And I think if anything comes of this, it's worse. you know your listening audience says. You know, well, what the hell's the deal? You know, it's just pay attention. You know, I just attention. think
1: though that some people have that it, it is a little bit of an intuition thing. I think it happens subconsciously at all the time. You know, like it's it, why people will be like, oh, why do I always meet somebody like this? Or why do I always pick out that person? It's like we're all, or how do I know who's down to fuck? It's like there's unspoken kind of things that are going on I'm always like oh you could smell that from a mile away you know and sometimes a lot of it's happening subconsciously but if you're really sensitive and you have and you're in touch in certain ways you said you're a creative person like you're gonna be you're gonna have that skill maybe more so than another guy a lot of guys are just fucking clueless I'm gonna tell you you could tell them all you want what to do and how to do it and they just not honed in that way I'm just telling you it's you know I think a lot of times guys are Are very clueless to the, you know, to the signals that women are giving. You know, women tend to want a man to be the aggressive person, but they'll give the signals out. And sometimes they really got to give them out before a guy fucking gets it, you know. But you do. It's just probably a part of, you probably just have that ability more so than the regular person, you know. When it comes to guys, are you like a top or bottom? Do you do everything in your experiences with guys? I mean, because I know like that first experience you, that the guy blew you, and then you blew him, and you're like, "I like it." I mean, did you eventually like become a top or bottom? Or are you a switch? Do you go that far?
2: I go switch. Right. I mean, I'm just very, like I said, uh, I'm open to a lot of things as long as it's safe and it's it's good. Yeah. I mean, I've had experiences where I've actually said no to people. I've had bad experiences. Uh huh. I've walked in and met the person, and you know they. Were brought in by somebody else, and I just said, No, I'm not interested. Right. In uh, I've had females where, <laughs> I mean, uh, I was at a place where a female evidently didn't realize she had a certain condition going on. And once the condition was revealed to me, it was like, um, I gotta leave.
1: Wait, wait, what was the condition? Like a smelly box or something? Like, what do you mean a condition? Yep. yep, yep.
2: Yep, huh. that you guessed it.
1: Oh, she might have had like an an infection or something. Yep, Poor thing, yep, right?
2: Yep, yep. yep. Okay, so
1: uh-huh.
2: it just doesn't work. <laughs> it's like okay, I'm really surprised you haven't noticed it, but I sure do.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's kind of weird. So wait, that's. That swinger party that you went to, that house party, right? Was it, because I had a girl in recently, and I think everyone has just very different experiences, so I would just want you to paint the picture of that house party. I mean, was it in L.A.? Was it, like, really attractive people? Was it, like, in the middle of nowhere?
2: extremely attractive, extremely attractive. There wasn't anybody in that room that I wouldn't have done. Right. They were all gorgeous, you know. Um, And it was put together by some, yeah, Some elite people that, you know, they work in the industry that I work in and that's how we knew each other.
3: Right.
2: And like I said, I was also invited from the swingers club that I was invited to by the lady that hosted the party. Yeah. But I knew a lot of those people. I just didn't know it until I got there.
1: Yeah, I think it's important because I think a lot of times somebody like I'll talk to someone in the middle of the country and they're like, "Oh, I can't," you know. I go to these swingers places and it's all these kinds of people, and then people have in their mind like, "Oh, it's this certain type." But I just think it real the demographics of who you're going to find it really depends on where you're doing it. You know, like a lot, it's like go to a city or go someplace a little bit more metropolitan. You're going to maybe have a different crowd. You know, or it's just uh, go to the next town over. Maybe you're going to see a totally more attractive people. Who knows? But it's not just a certain type. You know, I just think that sometimes people have it in their head and like, you know, your experience is very different than the last experience I heard of from someone that went to a sex party. You know, and I do do think it's it really just depends on the crowd you're hanging around or who you're invited to or where it's going down.
2: I mean, it's something I'll do on a well, frequent basis. Uh-huh. Yeah, I, I enjoy the house parties. Right. I think they're fun. But, you know, like I said, it's just scheduling, you know, because I do travel a lot. Yeah. So if I'm traveling, then I have to rely on some other contacts that I know. And we'll usually meet up. But like I said, you know, I'm very honest. I I tell people up front, I'm not looking for a relationship. I'm just looking for a hookup.
1: Right. And do most of your friends know what you do? No. 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 Right.
2: I'm very, very, very conservative when it comes to my friends. And I'm not going to pretty much out people.
1: Right, mm-hmm. so they don't really know as far as, I mean... And so when you have these porn stars that you're going around, is it something, do you meet them through work or, or do, are you meeting them through your sex Well, I'm in,
2: I'm, in, I'm in several different industries, that, yeah. you know, that opportunity. Hmm. I'll just say it was through business. It's what? It was through business. Right, know. right,
1: right. Okay, right. So it's not like you were having to keep those kind of you had relationships and you were keeping them on the down low it's not like you live two totally separate lives or do you
2: no well i mean yes you kind of do because you're not really being totally open about it yeah so you do live two different lifestyles Mm -hmm. but um i don't let the you know any of the addiction or the hookups or any of my sexual activities flow over into my personal life
1: Right. And now, as far as the addiction, like, why do you call it? Because you seem like while you're talking about it, it it's it all there doesn't seem to be like a, an, a a darkness there or any kind of issue going on. You know, are, do you use the <laughs> word addiction like in a flippant way or do you use it in like a, a serious way? Like you think that there's an issue there or.
2: Well, I'm not going to say there's an issue because, like I said, it's it's a functional thing. Right. Yeah. You know, I do know that it's there, though. Right. I mean, and it can get dark sometimes.
1: Uh Uh-huh. In what
2: way? Well, I mean, I can find myself to the point where, you know, I have to have it. You know, like, I feel it coming on. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. One way or the other, I gotta have it. And you, you think about sex a lot. You know, I mean, every day, sex comes into your mind, at least, I'll bet you... Probably a thousand times or more a day.
1: For you? For somebody you're seeing? For
2: most, for most people, really. Okay. Mm-hmm. Because people think about it all the time. They may not sit there and consciously know it. Yeah. But they'll be driving, they'll see a woman, and all of a sudden they start looking over at her and they're like, ooh, she's hot. You know, and then they start thinking sexual thoughts. Yeah. You know? Or because that's, guys are very visual. Yeah. Women are more emotional, but there are some women that are visual. Yeah. Both. Yeah. And uh, I think that visual people, they tend to think about it a lot more than women do on the emotional side. Right. They can, women can do a lot of things that men can't do. And I, I've recognized that early on. Like what? Well, it's control, you know, the way they feel about sex, Mm -hmm. Uh, the way they want to have sex the way that they see their lives going. You know, I mean, they do a little more organizing than guys do in the, you know, the mental department. Yeah. And you guys can multitask better than most guys. But I think I'm, a, I think I'm a match in that area. <laughs> oh, really? Yeah. Cause I do kind of like keep things prioritized and I don't really let this addiction control me that much. So that's why I said functional.
1: Yeah, totally. Mm -hmm.
2: I can literally go from thinking about it to dismissing it and going right back into some business thought. Or, you know, if I'm taking a meeting with somebody, I don't lose my my focus. Um, Even if I'm sitting across from a beautiful woman, you know. Yeah. I can actually turn it off and not really give her much thought other than business. Mm -hmm. And I try not to mix business with pleasure but i've had a few
1: right
3: it happens
2: yeah it happens from time to time
1: mhm
2: it, it's just that both of you have to be able to keep things in check and not destroy each other in the process right but yeah i've had i've had so many incredible experiences in my life and i think that the human the human nature is very sexual and it's very important in your relationship You know, if you don't have it, then I'm sorry. The guy's going to leave. He's going to cheat. You know. Did your wife
1: ever find out about anything that you were doing? Uh, Did the relationship just end for other reasons? Because, you know, the breakdown of communication, everything, and she never knew about you doing stuff on the side? She may have had,
2: you know, she may have suspected. Yeah. But that wasn't the reason why we we ended
1: it. Right, right,
3: right. Mm Mm-hmm.
2: So there was no confrontation about all that. It was more just we just lacked that ability to maintain our relationship.
1: Yeah, yeah, totally. Now, do you have yeah. kids with her? Do you still are you still in contact?
2: Oh, I, yeah, I have kids. Right, right. right. Yep. So
1: you, she's the mother of your child. You're still in contact with her. That's all good. She has no idea what you do. You've been seven years single. Like currently. Right now, you know, or tell me some hot experiences like you've had so much. I feel like, you know, it's almost like where do you start with somebody like you? Right. Because you've sort of done it all and you have so many stories. Do you want to just tell me a couple of great ones?
2: Sure. Um, I'll take you into the, the dom side. Sure. First. Um, a lot of times when I meet somebody and they want me to control them or be their master. Mm hmm. A lot of times, after they've done the essay, and if I feel that they're a good fit, then we have what they call an initial meeting, which is where the humiliation side really starts. Because they walk in, they can't talk, they have to slowly undress in front of me, they have to sit there and put themselves in compromising positions so I can. It's like a body inspection. Uh huh. And these people are so, most of them are so nervous when they first walk in, of course, you know, they want it, but they've never done it, right. so they have this nervousness, but yet I also detect, you know, them being excited, um, like I've had women who have come in and, I mean, they just literally were dripping wet,
3: mm-hmm. I'm
2: soaked. And I've had men come in and maintain hard-ons during it, you know. So, I mean, it's been, you know, one of those where I like the couples because it's fun to actually have that woman that, you know, you keep talking about, you know, having so many uh, guests, that are cuckolds, you know. And women, for some reason, desire that. They want their husband to watch. Right. Um, to sit there and be belittled, made fun of, humiliated. And it's interesting because most of these guys are of high positions.
1: Oh, yeah. Uh-huh.
2: I mean, and I think that's pretty much where I get the majority of my clients. And I get paid for doing it. Oh, really? I mean, yeah, this isn't free.
1: Oh, interesting.
2: And I was doing this long before, you know, the Fifty Shades story came along. Yeah, yeah sense well maybe close but not too far from it Uh-huh. Um, but i've even had women that wanted to do a romantic type thing they were lacking something and as i told you before i tend to pay attention to what their needs are yeah and i had one that was lacking so much self-esteem and she was lacking uh any kind of romantic feeling with somebody and she just desired the feeling of, you know, knowing that somebody wanted her.
1: Uh-huh.
2: sending so sent her on a scavenger hunt, you know, and it ended up putting her in a situation which brought her to a hotel and she had her choice. You know, there was flogging stuff. There was because I knew she had a fetish, too. And there was a uh, mask. There was gags. There was, you know, spreader bars. There was all kind of stuff there that I put in place. But every every where she stopped was essential for the
3: evening. Right.
2: You know, she had to pick up a certain item and then I would leave an envelope with the person that was sealed to give to her, you know. And then she would follow the instructions and then she would come to the hotel and I would usually, you know, uh, let her kind of give me an idea where she was wanting to go. And I've had the romantic side thing too, the opposite where, it was more about, you know, having candlelights and, you know, having flowers and having bubble baths and all that stuff. You know, it just depends on their needs.
1: Right. And that you get from that essay. Like, what do what always surprised yeah. me in the beginning of doing my show when I would talk to uh, people who are heavily into B- BDSM was that aspect of it. I think a lot of people think it's just all S.E.X., but I was like. What I have found from talking to a lot of people involved in it, that it's, there's, a, there's a lot of other stuff going on. I mean, the sex oh, is a small, a very small part of it,
2: right? Extreme small part of it. Yeah. I would say the controlling is more in check with it than uh, the sex side of it. Right. It's about basically taking what you learn about them. Because if you're not doing something to actually give them what they want but help them, mm-hmm. they're not coming back. And they will sit there and decide that you're a fake. You know, so if you're going to be a master and you're going to dom somebody, you better know the ins and outs of it. You know, you better know exactly how to sit there and approach it. Understand the client and give them what they need. Right. Because if they don't get what they need, their money's going somewhere else.
1: How can I just I love prices. I don't know why. I just always like to know the prices of things (laughs) like how much do you charge? For like, say a couple wants to come to you, like for the couple experience, how much is it?
2: If a couple wants to come to me for an experience, it's right around $1,200. Okay. And then I will give them a discount if it's going to be a long-term situation.
1: Right. Mm
2: -hmm. It's not, if it's more like a one-off type thing, then yeah, my price stays firm.
1: Right. And how many hours do they get? And do they it's like they have to write that essay thing and then they show up and then like that $1200 is for like in person.
2: Yeah, in person. Yeah. The essay the essay thing is basically given to me. It could be weeks, it could be a month in advance. Uh-huh. I have to do my research. You know, I have to think about what they want, you know, kind of read through the lines of their stories and I kind of make, you know, I make the experience catered around them,
1: yeah. I mean for twelve hundred dollars you're gonna give them a good experience is what you're saying oh yeah I mean, you really right
2: as, yeah as far as my time I spend with them yeah I, if I've got them if I've got them scheduled, you know it may even be a half a day.
1: Wow, uh-huh
2: I mean it just depends.
1: Right, it depends on what experience you think that they need and and then you're going to give it to them. You're not living within oh, I only give them an hour of time and that's it and then Exactly. You're not exactly. a therapist. It's up, oh, bye-bye, <laughs> right? You're like
2: not, not like just like you. I'm I'm unprofessional when it comes to it. But I'm ex- yeah. You know, I mean, I have a lot of life experiences that money can't even buy you.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh-huh.
2: So, I mean, that's why I said with your your program, I from the first time I discovered it, you know, and I knew right away that you told people that you were, it was unprofessional. Yeah. <laughs> I could tell, I could tell from your questions and the way you conducted your interviews, you definitely had a lot of great life experiences. And that's what made me sit there and really stay tuned into you. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Uh-oh. And a curiosity. I mean, I never have. Like, somebody said, you know, how do you prepare? So I did an interview with someone recently It was like, how do you prepare? I'm like, I don't prepare. I love nothing more than getting on with a total stranger and not knowing anything. You know, because then... I just sort of go wherever my mind comes. Like I'm genuinely interested in what you're telling me. So the, you know, and I'm naturally extremely curious. So my questions just come up as somebody's talking. So I really never know what I'm going to get. You know what I mean? It's always, it's sort of like, it's a, a blank ca- a person is a blank canvas to me. And I love what comes out at the end because it's never, it's never planned out.
2: If I was to sit back and actually write down a lot of things in order, You and I would probably have interview material for probably three or four different interviews.
1: I uh, I do feel like we should do because I love bigger picture stuff and I li- I lo- I think people are going to find it interesting like the stuff that you're talking about like the women man thing and like, like I said the bigger picture stuff we touched on a lot of that and then had some of your stories sprinkled in but I feel like we could do another one right where we maybe stick more so to your stories or like you know a, a chronological thing or I don't know just one yeah. aspect because you have obviously so many more stories to tell and because I'm unprofessional and don't prepare we went all over the place because I was trying to get the full view right but I just feel like there's so much more and we're already at an hour
2: yeah we definitely can revisit it I'd be open to that
1: now do you I don't know like I I mean do you if somebody say someone's listening to this and they're like oh I want to hire that fucking guy you know I mean if they sent me an email could I forward it to you are you looking for people or is this something that I don't know
2: (laughs) you can forward it to me.
1: Okay. So if anyone's listen if anyone wants a professional DOM who's going to, you know, really take the time to know what you want and maybe give you a great experience. He charges $1200. Send me an email, I'll forward it to him, but you're going to be back on and we're going to get some more stories from you.
2: Sounds great, Kathy. Thank you.
1: No, thank you. Thanks so much for coming on and telling your story.
2: All right.
0: Bye. You have a great day. You too. Bye. Bye. Uh, mm
1: Hey everyone, thanks so much for tuning in to this week's episode. If you wanna follow the show, follow me at Strict Anonymous on Instagram or Twitter. That's at Strict Anonymous.